1: Hello and welcome to the Talking Blarney podcast, where we wait for the Blarney and give you the opinion on the real Ireland in films and TVs. I think that's roughly what it goes. I am your host, Rob Cross, joined by ever by my lovely co-host, Stu Mack.
2: Hey, how's it going, everyone? Slightly different today. It's Rob's birthday, so the birthday boy gets to introduce the podcast. Uh, I think I did a pretty good job. Yeah, I realize
1: I've never actually done that before. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's first time for everything, Rob. I can, I, can, I, can, I can remember the, the intro to my old radio show better than I can remember that. <laughs> but anyway. Well, it's good to know that you've been listening to me very carefully the past 44 episodes. Well, you know, you know how it is. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's good anyway. <laughs> I've got all of my college stuff done until June now. I have my exams then, but like it's, um yeah. In case you're wondering why I wasn't here last week. um, It's done now. That's, let's just get that out of the way. <laughs>
2: Yeah, busy, busy, but it's all over for yeah. the moment. All
1: right, so we'll uh, we'll we'll be onwards and upwards. Um, I suppose. Well, still, we're kind of coming out of the lockdown a little bit here in Ireland, aren't we? Um, there there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, there's a roadmap at
2: least for once. Yep. So you know we're opening things up. I think for Monday, when this episode comes out, yep. we'll be able to travel inter-county, so we can go all over the country, which is wonderful news. The pubs will be opening back up in June, I think it is the seventeenth
1: well you can you can meet people outside their, out their outside their back gardens now on Monday um just have a chat with someone which is nice, and if you're a vaccinated household, you can meet with another vaccinated household inside or visit someone so it's it's good like so you can like visit your grandparents and things like that too, so it's definitely a bit of progress, yeah, we're getting there,
2: so for uniquely Irish this week, I think we'll talk a little bit about crime in Ireland. It's been, you know, on my mind the last few weeks, you know, we have a big RT news screen in work in the canteen and it's always showing what's going on around the world and stuff. But there's always, you know, one or two things about attacking Dublin this or, you know, someone assaulted here or there. And it's just it's, it's a crazy thing. I mean, even this week, there was a big story. And I know you definitely know about it, Rob, where uh, a wedding went ahead in uh, a large pavilion at yes. some land and the guards knew about it i think a day beforehand warned them not to have it and they had it anyway in full sight of the guards and the guards did nothing about it they
1: uh the council i believe had a court order to have you know, that's oversimplification, but because um you know you can't have big gatherings like that you're in covid so i think yeah uh why they did it who who, who who's to say um But anyway, but I think you're right. Yeah, there there have been a a lot of attacks recently in Dublin. There's a woman that got pushed under um, a train. Uh, Thankfully, they got her off the tracks and there wasn't an incident. I saw more videos of it today. Yeah, under the Lewis. Uh, No, it was the Dart. Um, But uh, up up near the whole junction, you see. And uh, yeah, they're kind of little shits, for for lack of a better word, Um, kind of going around in the trains and causing issues in Dublin during lockdown. And there's been, you know, Currently, a chap that's fifteen—he's uh killed a girl um up who oh, was walking home from job as a cleaner up in the IFSC, uh, Irish Financial their Service Center in Dublin, uh North Wall, and you know he right, like jumped her and he stabbed her in the neck and she died, in a coma two weeks later, and he's up for murder now, which is um you know, kind of a state of state of the way things are, um but uh, yeah, there's a lot of yeah, I mean
2: I I even looking there to see on RT and there's something about. A fella attacking someone with an axe in Dublin yeah, as well. I, I mean, you know, that. a lot of them do come out of Dublin. Which, I mean, you know, what is it? There are a million people up yep. there or whatever. So, being the capital, it's going to be a little more violent. You know, the more chances for people to get up to mischief. But still, it's just it, it's hard to see sometimes the amount of stuff I that want, seems to go on I'm here. A,
1: does he paint the country in a bad light or Dublin, where I will will be living again uh, soon so, soon enough? Um, but. um yeah, like there there are bad areas in Dublin, as there are bad areas in a lot of places. But I, I think particularly around the city centre at the moment is a bit unruly at times. And I think that there does need to be maybe more more guards around there. There's plenty of guards like doing checkpoints and spots around the country. I, I just think that, you know, if you don't entirely feel safe walking around the city centre of our capital city at night, there's probably something a bit wrong. Um, that's what I think.
2: Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I think I heard a few years back, it must have been around winter, that in Dublin, gangs of, of teenagers were like putting rope across roads. It was. And that would like, you know, a cyclist yeah. would come by and get hit by it and then they'd beat, batter them and, and take their money or whatever. Just crazy
1: shit. I've heard about that. Yeah, it, it's, there's a lot of it up there and there's, there's a lot of, um, bad things around it. I think up the Grand Canal as well, there was some uh incidents along there too so it, it it does seem that there is a bit of um unrest shall we say um i not to say let's pick on dublin here but i think they they're it's as it is, it's the largest place in the country by far it's over a million people and there's you know not to say it doesn't happen in other parts of the country of course but um as well just because dublin is bigger it's just kind of there's of course there would be a higher proportion there it's just basic kind of maths and statistics but uh Look, I'd say like parts of them are still lovely. We, we're not trying to scaremonger people here to do it, but I think lockdown has kind of brought out um, the best in some people and the worst in others. Unfortunately, it's just the way things have worked out. But uh, yeah, definitely.
2: But look- I mean, you know, it's it's like I I remember when I was going backpacking, and I told someone that like the first place, and this is just to say, like we're not tiring Ireland or anywhere else with it any kind of brush. It's all basically the same no matter where you go. But it was just. You know, talk about violence uh, in this country. Uh, I mentioned to someone that I was heading to Edinburgh first and they were like, oh, you know, be careful there. It's very rough out there. And, you know, I was thinking to myself, what are you talking about? The city that we live in has been historically referred to as Stab City. Yeah. You're telling me to be worried when I go to Edinburgh. I'm not saying it is more rough or less rough because, you know, I don't have the statistics up. But like, you know, it's rough everywhere. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think it's just like every city has an area that might be, you know, have, have a reputation, shall we say. And, um, yeah, it's just like, you know, like New York has like yeah. areas like, you know, like that, that, like L.A. does, um, London, in particular, um, you know, even I'm sure Edinburgh, Glasgow, I know, um, Paris, of course, you know, was the no-go zones in Paris, whatever, but um, yeah, look, I think everyone has the good and the bad, but I think maybe with lockdown, it's just you're kind of hearing these stories more, and maybe it's the media hyping these up, maybe it's that. But someone who has lived in parts of Dublin, I, you know, I, I do feel uncomfortable going to some parts of Dublin late at night, around the city centre and a few other spaces. I won't name them all, but um, you know, let's just say there's um, even delivery, like the you know the guys on bikes being attacked as well. Yeah, but. uh they won't deliver to some parts in Dublin anymore because their riders are getting attacked. Um, which is kind of terrible. And one of them was killed in, in a, by a joyrider a couple a couple of months back, Brazilian lads up in North wall. And it's, uh, you know, apparently an underage person that stole the car, hit him and killed him. And, um, he was just like over, over here to earn money for his family. Um, it's really awful, but look, we'll try not to bring things down too much too. <laughs> on my birthday <laughs> yeah i mean look it, it's a heavy topic but like it's a topic
2: that comes up a yeah. lot uh all over the world i mean you know we're, we're not unique in any way except for yeah. some of them yeah i mean you know like some of the things like uh i suppose on a lighter note we could talk about um sulky racing on the motorway that's a lighter which, uh, i remember we enjoy a couple of yeah, videos yeah. of um it, like it's funny watching the videos of it, it was just two lads on on a uh, carts like not even yep. proper carts just like two wheeler things that are attached yep. to a horse racing down the motorway as fast as they can and the guard are kind of like well we can't like do a pit maneuver or something we do uh, with a normal car because we'll kill the people and the horse so we're just going to have to follow them until we can stop yeah. them uh, well, and uh, okay. it was
1: it then there was like a hundred yeah. people it is what it is and um... oh yeah definitely Planning for your next trip?
2: So I suppose we'll we'll leave it there And go on to something way much lighter And we'll talk about the movie for the week Which is, as luck would have it Brought to us by the Hallmark Channel I'll just run through the, the little description here So Lindsay travels to Ireland to acquire land for a resort She decides to enter the town's matchmaking festival To prove her investment in the community And win over
1: a handsome local I mean, that's, that's basically it. it It's one of the Hallmark Channel's too It's not really much else to that
2: I know, um, I mean, like, in fairness it wasn't a terrible movie. I don't think it was as bad as Chasing Leprechauns or some of the other things we've watched.
1: I see. I, I did watch this with Chloe, and, um, you know, we got like, neither of us would have said it's a great film, but like, it wasn't. It's not a bad film. Like, it's, it. They, it there are parts that I liked. Uh, it, it's shot very well, I must say. And the, the acting is, I can't really knock the acting you know everyone was acting perfectly good um it, it might just be they didn't have much to go with the times but it's a perfectly competent film you know it's it's perfectly fine there's nothing egregious with it
2: yeah i mean even you know uh obviously looking at it from the irish perspective there wasn't anything really in it that i would say was egreg- egregiously kind of paddying up you know they they played it fairly straight with a lot of the Irish I was surprised
1: stuff. by that to be honest, they like even they're talking about, like, oh, was like, here's me, how I make the Irish dew and that, and I might put in a bit of cabbage. He's like, yeah, that's that's accurate, that is what Irish dew is. I mean, they even they talk about the whiskey, and i talk about the whiskey stuff later. There were a few interesting bits there, uh, I was like, yeah, that's 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 pretty much spot on. There's a couple of inaccuracies we'll talk about, but like, largely it was like this was they only put the dial up to like about a six, where they could have gone like to ten, you know what I mean. <laughs> Like, you know, if like this is like a padding up at like about a five or a six, where uh, what's the oh, god, what's that terrible filling that came out there? Um, the one before Christmas, too, the with the bees, White mountain time? Wild mountain time? That's that's like 10 or 11. Uh, so there you go. I put that out of my head, obviously. Um, at this point, but it's coming to cinemas, Rob. We could see it in, in like full screen and, on the big screen, I'm not watching that again. I, I don't care. I'm not watching that again. Like if it would I will do like we can do live reactions to it but it's just going to be me giving out and making a load of B jokes until that moment happens. Like my god that director should be arrested. Hopefully one day he yeah, will. I, I I can't remember who directed this was. There you go. So I suppose we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get off this thing. Uh anyway so yeah. Uh, back first to the thing group. uh Kill Abbey stew. Not a real place.
2: Now, however. Yeah. I mean, you know, they do that a little bit, you know, like you have the Bally family
1: family and it was like they're just kind of putting Irish things together. There's it it's in County Dublin, it's where our Air Corps have their their one air base uh, Ballydonnel Aerodrome Casement Aerodrome's named after Roger Casement uh, Irish Revolutionary um, but um, yeah like I've never heard of that as a family name, like O'Donnell even Macdonald would be more Scottish in the north, yeah but not Ballydonnel, no uh, I did look up uh, Killabby Stu to see if there was one in Ireland um here's here's what i've got there's a okay. there there was it there is a house called or it, it, see, i'm not sure if it's a house or like a townland or something i i it's it's a little bit unclear here maybe a yeah, it could be like or something like that it's in county cork it's kill Abbey in uh dripsy uh county cork um i'm not too sure where that is i do have like plenty of friends from Cork, I could ask them. It seems to be a little bit it's like Cork City. It's close enough to um uh, Coachford. Um it looks to be it looks to be either it's a standalone house or housing estate, I don't know. But that's the that's the only Kill Abbey I can find in Ireland. Um it's not a real town. Like Kill Abbey, you, you could literally translate right. it as like Kill is a church. Would it be Church of the Abbey, which okay. Uh, I presume Abbeys would have a church because you know they they would tend to, <laughs> so there you go. Um, there was there there is actually a lot stuff where they shot this. They they did. Um, the castle is Hoth Castle in 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 North County Dublin. I I recognise that straight away. A lot a lot of kind of the the yeah. shots outside are kind of around Hoth and things like that. Uh, they do do a brief shot of the Cliffs of Moher. A lot of the other bits are down in um County Wicklow, like we have Torque Waterfall again, which we've seen in um. A bunch of other films that we've done here, like PS, I love you. Um, there's a lot of. Oh, but Rob, don't don't yeah. skip past it too quickly. Not not only did they actually,
2: you know, have a beautiful shot of the cliffs of Moher, they went there. Like I've been there, yeah. I've seen. That oh no, exact that's spot um, with the the kind of slate guardrail and stuff. So they rather than just a drone shot across, they were actually physically there, which is kind of a good thing for a movie. It is, no, I, I, I
1: gotta say too, they to their credit um they did actually go there which was nice that's good um so yeah so it, it was generally shot in Hoth and there's bits around wicklow and county dublin there the kind of town center is uh kind of Dalkey, dokey county dublin which is a very a very affluent uh suburb in south county dublin a very kind of well-off part um the bitters over the town hall and everything else that's dokey there's bits around i think that was Killiney beach as well that they were walking on so another kind of south county dublin um So like the the cast, the main castle bit is in North County and the rest of it is kind of in South and bits of Wicklow. So it's a bit of a a, a trek anyway. The O'Brien's pub is, it's Johnny Fox's pub. I recognize that straight away. That's in South County Dublin as well. Yeah. Yeah, Rob. That was one thing I wanted to talk about. Did you see how obviously CGI the sign was, or is that just me? No, that was, because I, I recognized the pub straight away. Uh, I knew that was Johnny Fox's.
2: I know, but like it's just the sign on it, like, you, whatever, O'Brien's or whatever yeah. it was, like, you could just see that there was some, like, the color matching wasn't right, and it looked like it was plastered on top of something. It's like, how much would it have cost them to just make a sign and stick it up for one shot of the outside
1: of the bag? I'm just like, because, like, Johnny's, Vox, it's like, it's, it's a famous enough kind of tourist pub in there, because they're the highest pub in Ireland. They're up in, like, the Dublin mountains, so they, they do actually run, like, tour, like, you can get a minibus from Dublin city centre out to the pub, they'll lodge up with drink and food, and then drop you back to your hotel, because it, it's quite, it's a bit far out, like, yeah, so, you know, it's, um, uh, johnny fox is very well known so like i I don't know why they didn't just keep the name i mean he's obviously fine with them filming i don't know if that was the interior i i've never been inside of it um to be honest i wouldn't i wouldn't go that far out uh for for a nice pint but um it looked like it might have been the inside of it at times um it's hard to tell i mean you, you can't i
2: don't imagine they were going to the highest pub in ireland to film all the interior scenes so maybe not
1: yeah but um that is that they, and they did they did film it around uh Powers Court Estate, Powers Court, sorry, it was Powers Court Waterfall, not um Torque Waterfall. My apologies, Torque Waterfall is in Kerry, Powers Court Waterfall was the one that was in PS I Love You as well. That's that's down in uh, Wicklow too, and they did shoot it around Glendalough. Like that, that old church is Glendalough Church and uh Glendalough Valley, all down there. So they did actually go to film it in these places, which was quite nice. Um the the place that they, they really war. but um no it was it, it it's beautiful i mean it, it's very well shot i'd have to say stu oh yeah like it, it's really really well done in a lot of places
2: um uh, and as i said even the interior scenes they get lovely buildings they're kind of quite modern considering the the struggling nature of the uh, the town as we get into the movie but like the beautiful spots you know they, they, they really do a good
1: job of scouting locations for this if nothing else. They did, they did. And uh, I I think it was like a nice like I said, it's a, it's a mix of places kind of around Dublin. Both north and south, but they they made they made it together quite well. Um it looks like a nice kind of town, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um so I suppose we'll go down through a
2: few things that I have here. So the like you know, they get the taxis right. That's a newer thing in Ireland. You have to have the uh the taxi sign like plastered on your your doors. Yeah.
1: Unless it's a hackney, but they're not really as much.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, and then she's, like, complaining about the windy roads. like, yeah, I think most Irish roads are quite windy. if that's
1: kind of going out to, like, a town in the the countryside, it's actually unclear exactly where Kill Abbey is, because, like, it's... Okay, like, Ireland isn't massive. You could potentially do a day trip to the Cliffs of Moher from anywhere in Ireland, roughly, so it's, like, grand. But it seems to be reasonably close to Dublin, I think, is kind of what it is, um... Like they like it says. Okay, we're going to Glendalough, and they do go to Glendalough and Powers Court. so it it must be like not that far from like when he goes to Aoife, your man's sister's house, who's the the, the main lead character, the Irish fella whose name I'm going to forget. Um, it must be either in kind of near Dublin or Wicklow. Uh, it's Brendan O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, though, we do actually there is a Brendan O'Brien's pub here in Limerick, so they're <laughs> maybe maybe they're having a go at him too. <laughs> I uh, know <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, good good pub by the way. Used to used to do some poetry in there. Um tell tell Brendan we sent you once it reopens. But um you know, it's uh yeah, so I I guess it's kinda of somewhere around there, but um look, it's nice enough place and all that. But uh Yeah, so
2: we'll we'll talk a little bit about the uh the casting, I suppose. So you mentioned the male lead... Brennan O'Brien, who's played by Alan Leach,
1: who I mean, some some people have told me he might actually be in Downton Abbey. Yeah, well, I I was watching this with Chloe and she just immediately said, oh, it's Alan Leach. He's in Downton Abbey. And uh, she says he plays an Irish socialist in it or something, which he's a big fan of him. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't know myself. I've never seen it. I've never watched it, to be honest, but. I love a close I try to get me to watch it. She's like, there's lots of tr- steam trains in it. And I'm like, all right, you've piqued my interest. <laughs> yeah. well, no, he, he's been in a few things. He was in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, the Imitation Game, and he was a voice actor in The Witcher 3. So, you know, he, he's gotten around a little bit. Does he want a nice game of Ghent, is it? Or Gwent? <laughs> Gwent, yeah. I've never played The Witcher, yeah.
2: But yeah, no, I thought he he did really well. I mean, you know, clearly he's Irish. And so does, he, he, he does a great job. To be
1: honest, like there isn't really bad acting in this film. Like, they, everyone is, like, quite de- com- like, they don't, there's, no, there's no, like, deliberately kind of bad acting or overacting here. I thought, like, I couldn't really complain about it for anyone. Oh, yeah. So, I, mean, I know, think it was all perfect.
2: You know, I don't think they had
1: anyone who wasn't Irish playing an Irish person, which helps a lot. And so it just kind of is... No, that was actually something that really surprised me. Like, it was, everyone was either... I know her boss is English, he's American, and like, she has some American friends, but, like, I, I don't know about the Australians where they, the accents were a little bit dodgy because I literally said they sound like they're from New Zealand. That does that accent doesn't sound right. And then they said it in the movie, most people think we're from New Zealand. And I'm like, yeah, because your accents don't sound properly Australian yeah. to my ears. <laughs> isn't there a term for that? Isn't it hanging a lantern on it
2: where you kind of like put the spotlight on it to show that it's kind of, it is what it is and we're going this direction with it. But yeah, so the the main lead anyway, is joanna garcia swisher um she's been in a, a good few things as well uh i don't remember her being in not another teen movie but apparently she was in that yeah uh, once upon a time the she tv show you know she's kind of one of those gar- people that you kind of recognize or you don't know where you recognize yeah. her from
1: i did go through like what she was to see if there's anything and i was like Cause she's she's a little bit older, like. But she was in like um, stuff I watched in like, She was in like Clarissa, Clarissa explains it all, and like Are You oh, Afraid of it? the Dark when she was a lot younger. And I was like there, but I found one thing that kind of stuck out, and I was like, I've never heard of this, but I'm oddly intrigued in it. It's called the Astronaut Wives Club. It was a TV series she was in a couple of years back. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, I yeah, it's just like with a name like that, you're like, so is this just a show about like? It's like the like um, the are sitting there. It's like, how's how's Jimmy? He's up in space, now. you think he's, he'd be fine? He's like, he'd probably be grand. I'd say, yeah, just very, you know. So I I don't really know how that show would work, but I've I definitely would watch an episode out of it just to get the general gist. Because is it going to be every week? It's like, oh no, the International Space Station is partially decompressed again, or like ah, the shuttles after losing a wing, it can't land. That's another shuttle to to do with her. Oh no, the sun is exploding, I don't know. Yeah, whatever crazy <laughs> stuff gets on anyway. Um, the, <laughs> the last,
2: or well, actually, she did a very good job as well, you know, very genuine in her performance. I didn't
1: feel at any point that she was overacting or anything like that. I really enjoyed it. I was to say, like, she gave a, a genuine performance, like, a t- like it was a bit, okay, the love scenes are a bit hammy, and like, we'll talk about the ending was a bit rushed, where they get, like, shock horror we'll the american yeah. comes over here yeah it goes off with the irish fella the like basically the same thing that happens in um uh chasing leprechauns just with the, the gender swapped, <laughs> basically um but no I, I think she she was good i mean she she did come across quite genuine at times and i think um yeah she she did the best performance she could i think with the with the material she had so i mean i, I i'd give her praise for that um but Steve, I think it was the head of the council, Alroy, uh, played by Niall Buggy. Now, I think uh, he he was someone that caught my attention because I kind of recognize him a little bit. Oh, I know exactly right, who he reckon. was straight away, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, no, because I was thinking then as like Henry Sellers. Sack me. Sack me. I made the BBC. <laughs> yeah. this uh, Niall Buggy, who was the famous father, Ted, is Henry Sellers. Uh, The the alcoholic man who got uh, sacked from the BBC. uh, He's fantastic. Uh, Big, big fan of the actor here. He's been in a load of other things as well, but I think he's by far best known for Father Ted. Um, But yeah, uh, I mean, look, he's been in Zardoz. So, you know, way
2: back when. Let's see what else. He was in Mamma Mia. He was in Alien 3. So, you know, pretty big stuff. I know Father Ted is huge to
1: us, but in the grand scheme of things, he's been in uh, much bigger movies. Yeah, uh, he's, he's done a like, lot. He's like an older gentleman, of course, as well. So he's done like a lot of uh, stuff going back even to the 70s and all that. But uh, great, great, great actor. Really kind of gives a bit of, um, what would you say, decorum to some of the town council scenes. Like he kind of comes across as a, you know, he's not like the scary kind of head of the town council. He's just sort of, um, you know, kind of, Fatherly kind of a role, you could almost say. You know, yeah, but like wise elder. Yeah, see, I thought he was going to die at some point because that's what happened in Chasing Leprechauns and what really <laughs> happens. Like, you know, they kind of, there's kind of the older figure that died and then it kind of the tragedy brings people together. So I was like, and at the end, he didn't. And I was like, oh, that surprised me. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, the
2: movie did subvert quite a few expectations. I mean, you know, I did enjoy the plot in the sense that she comes over there to To you know purchase the, the castle so that they can build a shitty looking resort and uh you're kind of you you get the gist that at some point they're going to have some epiphany of turning the the castle as it is into a resort which they do yeah and it was like okay i guess this like 20 minutes into the movie it's pretty much over but then like the twist being that the that um the boss the owner of the the hotel company is like no, we're not doing it. We're going with a different place in Dublin. And it's like, oh, shit, they've actually, you know, they've surprised me in this. I gotta I say, did not see that coming.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, Mr. Crispin, which is an odd name, he's in the, her English boss, anyway. he's um kind of says, yeah, we're not doing it here. And I was like, oh, that's genuinely surprising. I I really thought that she'd win him over at the last minute because it got to a point where, oh, this isn't resolved and there's like 10 minutes left in the film. And I like, like, it, there's 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 an ad break then, and I'm like, is this just gonna all resolve it, like immediately? When it's like, yeah. yes, it did. So, but uh, yeah, it was it, it did kind of surprise you at times. It it moved. Um, the pacing was off a little bit, is what I'd say. In what way? Um, it, it's a bit hard to explain, but it it's effectively I thought that, um, the start was grand. It, the set like set up. Oh yeah, basically okay. You have to go to Ireland. Property deal here, castle. Da-da-da-da-da. I'm thinking, right. This is. Exactly the same as kind of the Chasing Leprechaun's other Hallmark movie uh kind of set up, right? Here's Ireland. Here's the thing you have to resolve. In order to do it, you must get on with the locals. And it's like, oh, and you're single and there's an attractive person of the opposite sex here is involved, like a matchmaking thing. It's like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen here. Um, And like, you know, does her presentation has to go off and get them. But like, it was almost like she spent too long in the middle bit, if you know what I mean. It was like um, there wasn't enough uh, tension between her and the kind of council and getting her job done. It was just like she kind of just dove headfirst into it too quickly, if you know what I mean. It is like there wasn't enough. It, it was like almost. Yeah, I see what you mean. Was, there, there was a long, there was a long time where like
2: she was winning over Brennan throughout the middle, yeah. And then you know they get together at the end, but it's like there's that there is quite a long period where she hates him, then she kind of fancies him. And then it goes along like that as they kind of start to fancy each other, to actually getting to where they were going. It's like this is, yeah, I see what you mean now. It it did take quite some
1: time. It's it's kind of like the, the way I'm gonna if I'm if I'm not kind of getting this across. Like what I gotta say is like it's it's very like the, the first bit of it, right? So if effectively like the way this these films generally work is like right. You know, the American has to come over to the the Ireland, do the thing. So it's like the first bit is always going to be quite short, like 10 minutes. Right. Here's this character. Here's, you know, setting them up. Here's why they're going to Ireland. Here's what the goal is. Here's their deadline, all that. Set up the Irish kind of characters, the fish out of water, all that grand. And then it's like they fail at being able to use the, the first time they ingratiate themselves in the culture. Then it's like then there's like an obstacle thrown at them. Um, so like I was saying, I thought that the obstacle throw would be the death of Alroy or or one of the other characters there, or the castle would catch fire or something like that. But that none of that happened. So it was almost like there was just three acts instead of five. You know, the main character hasn't right. hasn't hit the the goal that they have to overcome. The goal that she has to overcome is just convincing her boss to get there. But he already wanted to do that at the start. It's only then, like the Dublin thing comes in, and she's trying to convince him to go there. Then after she changes her mind, so it's it's a bit. It's almost like it's in three acts as opposed to kind of five parts, if you know what I mean. Because normally when you're writing a story yeah. like this, it's effectively a five act thing. But there's it's like they've cut out the bit where she has to overcome, where she fails and then has to overcome things. And then she overcomes things. So they basically just put, then it ends. I think the ending was very, very rushed. It kind of came out of nowhere. Every It was just like, she just goes back, quits the job, goes back to him. And it just kind of happened so quickly like yeah i mean they
2: kind of get... peppered in some hints about it you know they had uh was it her friend back in the states it's like oh we're trying to work with some british company that that's or british not even company what's it uh,
1: it's a? it's property it? trust or like... <laughs> oh but you know yeah.
2: th- there was like that company or whatever it is anyway that uh they're trying to you know keep old uh heritage sites from being destroyed and stuff like that that the the hotel company trying to work with and so it's kind of, she ends up working for them so it was kind of hinted at
1: Yeah, but I, I just think it was re- like, it was really a bit quick at the end, like, because it literally goes to right, where not, the like, our boss like, going to say, look, I'm going to go to the place in Dublin, they've lowered the price, it's lovely here but I don't want to, like, add on a new hotel wing to the the castle here and it's like you stay and enjoy yourself here. I I don't blame you at all. I'm heading off. I'll see you back in New Yorkshire the the next week. So he's like a, a genuinely, a very sound kind of boss. He's like, oh yeah, enjoy yourself here for the weekend. I'll, I'll see you on Monday in New York. And um, then she goes back doing the things there. Then it's like three months later. And uh, your man Brennan is back in Ireland. And it, it's just like, um, it just kind of, it doesn't come completely out of nowhere, but it's just very quick then. Like they're condensing yeah, you're kind so much of expecting the story the past ten minutes of the film. Yeah, I I suppose they had to do it. I, I would just have rather it's like it was more they got together kind of before that she had to head off kind of thing. You know, it, it, it's just like I get like i oh, end on the kiss and all that, but it just sort of seemed a bit a bit rushed to me. Like I think they could have they could have structured this film a bit better, you know. Like there's nice bits he said there where like it, do, it like it kind of Unexpected things happen, and it's nice to be surprised in a film like this, which is quite formulaic. But I, I feel it could have been structured a bit better, you know. I like my fault isn't with the acting, um, it's I think, it, or even as far the writing at times, it's just kind of maybe it's a directorial choice, maybe it was like partially to do with the writing, but it just seems a bit, you know, I think you could probably edit this into a better film, maybe, you know, yeah, yeah, I see that. I mean,
2: another thing we need to talk about is how. She somehow didn't know about it, but finds out throughout the film that, like, her family is actually from Killaby the whole time. Like, she starts off like, "Oh, you know, She's my weird. grandmother yeah. or whatever great grandmother came from from Ireland." You know, I mean, obviously, you're not tired of everyone saying "brush" again, but a lot of Irish Americans do kind of know that heritage. You know, it, it's really yeah. like a, a part of them. They they love. It's a it's a story that's told that's passed down, like where they came from. They tend to well, know
1: the exact village. I think in particular where their family so, grew up. Like this was, she's saying it was. This is her grandmother. She's saying her grandmother was born in Ireland in nineteen twenties. So like this is only just about a hundred years back. I mean, you, particularly you probably. she says, oh, I definitely met her grandmother. Like so, she knew her grandmother. I don't see like because I, I was thinking, oh, is there going to be like some kind of a secret thing that? will tie into the castle here. Like, is the ring going to have something? It's like, oh no, not really. And I was like, oh, so that really kind of went nowhere. Um, I thought there might be a, yeah, I mean, like, thing we do have here, to talk but... about the ring. It's
2: a nice thing. Yeah, because guess. the, the, the ring itself, I mean, but I've seen that ring everywhere in this country. I mean, it's it, like, yeah, it's funny that it's like, oh, it's her grandmother's ring and all this, but it's, 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 pra- it's practically like a dime a dozen. It's the most generic ring you can get in this country. I think. Yeah. But you know, like, yeah. she goes yeah. through and it's like, oh, it means all these things. And then, like, a ring that she's been wearing on her hand, presumably for most of her life, she's never bothered to take it off and look. And it has, like, the inscription from, like, the jewelers in Kelabi. I was like, oh my God, it's from right here.
1: Yeah. And it's like, fine. But, like, this is like your, because they go to, like, her nana's former house out in Glendalock, literally right by the church, which I'm like, I, I don't think they'd let you build a house in church land, and like it would be at that demolished in a hundred years. Like it, it's like that's a bit odd. Um, you know what I mean? I I don't think you'd you'd have yeah, a house I mean, there. You
2: know, e- yeah, even like you know, because they go to or they're getting the stuff the the mash for the whiskey off. Uh, some friend of his, and it's like, oh, she actually helps with the national database for like historical records and so oh we can find out where your your grandmother came from and then they go there because they get the ex- exact address which i suppose you can do with the the census records and stuff oh, i mean the, and, this uh, is, it's like this oh is i didn't realize it was... but it's like you, you've clearly been here before you should you should have known that there were no houses here because that he like just after that he's like oh i'll show you something that you love over here it's like yeah you've been here you should
1: have known that the house was demolished by now yeah uh, maybe he did and was just using it as an excuse to get her out there like they do shit that around glendalock and like the score. it is, it is a beautiful part of the country i will say that but the story tells about saint yeah. uh, brendan with the bird like that is entirely true as well true in the sense that it's a it is actually the story of saint brendan um you know it's a real story people tell yeah yeah i'm not, I'm not going to say how true certain aspects of it but there certainly was like people were there was a cave in glendalock and he did live there as a hermit um Certainly, someone did. Whether it was St Brendan or not, I, I don't know. I'm not an expert on that. But that was a story we were all taught in school, you know yourself. But, um, yeah. So we'll other other kind of bits as well, Stu. Um, one egregious thing that came up that I had to I had to notice was said that sounded off. Uh, Brennan goes to her uh, to Lindsay. At one point, uh, I have to go into town to do some errands. Okay. Well yeah we just both thought that doesn't like he wouldn't say that like errands is such an American term, like you'd say messages surely or true um, yeah yeah no it's it's just one of the it's just a very small thing where you can tell this wasn't written by an Irish person, like you know it, like an Irish person wouldn't say that I don't think I'd ever say errands if i like you'd say messages or, or going to do a few jobs or pick up a few things like i i I would never use that word if I was you know going into town to pick up shopping or you know, go to a few shops. I'd never use that term. I it, it's just a very American term to me. So I I I just you know because my seventh seven globe said it, it was. I said I'd I'd see what you thought. <laughs> yeah, I get it. You know, I I
2: didn't really listen that closely to everything that they were saying. But no, yeah, that make, that does make sense. I mean, yeah. you know, they do a few odd things. I mean, I don't think I've ever really gotten free whiskey in a place, but he's just
1: handing out like shot glasses all around. Well, I, I've gotten bits of whiskey at taster things before um you know like generally like it wouldn't be whiskey that they'd be doing there it'd be maybe like you'd, you'd get a small sample of beer at, at a couple of places like that um I but I, I have I have seen like like free bits of whiskey being given out in places like that it, it's not a million miles off um I will say as well Stu as an aside uh there is actually a Glendalough whiskey company um that uh up in up in Wicklow there. So I, I was I thought for a second there they were using it. Um it did look a little like the bottles that they have but without like a different label on. So I can't confirm that. But I, I was um I just said I'd mentioned there is a Glendalak whiskey.
2: Yeah maybe uh maybe they'll make a, a special as luck would have it whiskey to commemorate the movie.
1: There's an interesting thing actually because like when um we'll we'll talk a bit about when uh the bit where uh uh, Lindsay gets behind, just gets behind the bar. Just no one has. No it, and just, is perfect. You know, it, it, oh, like first, first thing about that. And this is the the boring financial guy in me. Too, she's not insured to do that. You know, if she if she hurts herself or someone gets injured, because like it's Ireland. I know, I know. I'm just saying that Jesus, that that's just the pedantic in me. But she's like okay, pouring out the uh, glasses of whiskey. Grand, not that difficult. But you could be giving out more portions, but they're already giving out free whiskey, so you know, feck it, it might be fine. You know, I'd be I'd be interested to see now is she able to pour a pint of Guinness the right way Stu because it's a pub in Ireland and if she's not able to do that in a small town like this during a festival I'd be oh, I'd tell you it'd be hell to pay I don't know did she even pour a pint I think she was mostly just had no shots no I didn't see her pour a pint but like that like, that's the first thing I think you'd ask is like do you know how to pu- pull a pint in any pub in Ireland if you were coming in like yeah particularly a Guinness because in you know the earlier scene where she goes to the pub with the three Australian girls like they're all like they all do the slant yeah I mean, they had okay whiskey, yeah Oh, but they had two Guinness, but they looked a bit flat. It looked like they they'd obviously shot the scene a bit and like took took a a swig out of it each, and you know, they'd just kind of let it settle. The other person was really like a, a G and T. It looks like, but that was the only Guinness I could really see in the film. But like, yeah, but like you, you know, I'm I'm just saying, like it, I I think it's quite unlikely that they just let her hop behind the thing and work behind the bar. Like if she was just going around with like a tray of whiskey on it and like hand them out to people as free samples, grand, but. You know, I think if you don't have you, I know, Rob, you, you do know that we've
2: been to some uh, some big events in pubs and they basically at, at those times, they'll just have a designated Guinness guy who's just constantly oh, pouring and yeah. letting him settle. Yeah. Just like so that the second someone orders one, it's right there, ready to go. I mean, so it could have been one of those instances.
1: That's yeah, I I we, we've certainly been there. I, I I know there's a few of them and it's just like people would get is it, it takes it is like a bit to settle. So they just keep them coming. There's um there's a great pub up in Dublin, the Royal Oak, which I I, I talked about before in Kilmainham, and, and it's um it's I I in my money too, it's the best pint of Guinness in in Ireland, uh, certainly in Dublin, but uh, bold claim, but um they if it's busy there because like they're, they're, it's mostly kind of standing Ramoni in the bar it's a nice little outside, but they literally just will always have a couple of Guinness ready there at any one time, you know, and it. And there's never any issue with it, you know. People they'll always be handing out more, and even if it, even if no one has ordered, let's hand one out to the table. Let's drink it for the next round, and they'll be like, no matter. So, yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, I think go.
2: the the last thing before we give our ratings might be just to talk about how Bredin becomes a malicious fucker there uh, in the middle when uh when Lindsay starts joining the activities for the the matchmaking festival. I mean, you know, he's putting salt in her soda bread you know, he, like, you know, what was th- this, this could be like, like?
1: yeah, th- really was... awful for a person. You know, he just
2: got real
1: real bad for her. Because I, I didn't know where that was going because I was like, oh is it like he doesn't want to go out with her or something and like she's going to end up with someone else, you know, I, I it was really, really odd. I I, I, I kind of came out of uh, nowhere. He,
2: like he was just trying to scare her off, but you know, yeah. like even it's still weird, it, in the bit of guy that they play, you know, it's like, you know, sending her off and everything and it's like, it's like, you know, yeah, don't mess
1: with an Irish lad because he'll just, you know, he'll drive you to depression. Like, you know, he was really just awful to her. Yeah, I guess you're right there, Stu. It was just a bit odd, though, wasn't it? Um, Grant, I just wondered the last thing about the whiskey as well. When she's doing like the he's, oh, I should have given you the tasting thing before you started serving them, he talks about the sherry finish on it, it is quite popular at the moment in the sherry barrels. And I was like, Oh, because I was like, I, I literally had the bottle of Slain whiskey next to me that has the sherry finished. I think I talked about that in an earlier podcast, and that was very in at the moment. And I was like, "Thank you, movie, for validating my opinion that came out this year."
2: <laughs> yeah, I think you got me that for Christmas, and it's smooth as anything. It is lovely it's, stuff.
1: It, it's sweet as well, and it, it it has it's it's finished in sherry barrels. Because I as I think as I said to you at the time, I was like, "This is the the kind of in thing in Irish whiskey at the moment," and the movie was right as well. <laughs> So uh, I think I'm going to give, as luck would have it, a crock of gold.
2: I actually quite enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it's less than an hour and a half long. So, you know, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome yeah. like some movies oh, you've God, watched yeah. have. Um, you know, as as we've said, it's beautifully shot. Um, it, it does some very nice things with, uh, with Ireland, you know, kind of getting in the Irishness, what they what they bake and stuff. Uh, make boxy, you know, they have yep. Bowerons and Irish dancing in there as well. So it's like, it, it's a good representation of Ireland in there. And it's quite fun. I mean, you know, as I said, I was a bit unexpected when they they didn't do what I thought was going to happen. But
1: overall, I had quite a, an enjoying time yeah, watching you know it. What to do? I, I'm kind of shocked as well to say, yeah, crock of gold. Because I, I was, uh, Chloe asked me when this was over, is was like, what did you think? Would you do that? I said, I think I'm going to have to give it a crock of gold. She's like, really? I was like, yeah, because it was it was actually okay. Like it was, like I said, like it, it's an okay film. It's not a great film, but at the same time, um, I couldn't really call that bad Stu, to be honest with you. Like it wasn't a bad film. And, you know, it was a very, very like I watched this film one sitting, no problem. Um, and compared to some films I've had to watch in like three or four sittings, this was easy to watch. Um, yeah, you know what? The acting was good. I, like I said, I, my, I think my main problem is just with the structure of the film itself. um, I thought the cinematography was good. The the acting was very good. Like there weren't any really dodgy accents bearing the Australian ones, but they dealt with that, so that was fine. Uh they actually went to the cliffs of Moher in a few places. Um, yes, I mean it's they didn't put that they didn't paddy it up too much as well. So I think yeah, this was on the balance a decent film. Um, I I, I wouldn't really go beyond a six out of ten, but I mean. I think objectively it was okay, decent enough. So I, I, I'd I, have to say a Crock of Gold. It it, It it's not. It doesn't deserve a crock of shite, I think is what I'd say, Stu. Like it, it wasn't unwatchable or wasn't terrible or it wasn't so bad. It's good. It's just a de- an okay film. So I think, yeah, I'll go a crock of Gold. Yeah, I mean, we've watched a lot worse. Yeah. So we can't complain when we see something that... I think like for something like this, I think you have to kind of go Crockett of Gold because there's, you know, it's it's not outstanding, but there's nothing strictly too wrong with it. So I think I think, you know. So next week I think I'll give you a bit of a break and I will do a
2: report for everyone that I'll keep secret for now and I'll let everyone know when we start next week.
1: I'll I'll do a secret uniquely Irish then (laughs) Sue.
2: Okay. Worrying but sure. Yeah.
1: Well I mean it won't be about Irish crime, it'll be something a little more (laughs) lighthearted.
2: Why why not? So I suppose since you kicked us off, I'll uh I'll finish it up. So uh thanks very much for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a rating on whatever app you're using or whatever you're listening to it on. If you have any comments or questions, you can always contact us uh, via email at talkingblarneypod at gmail dot com or you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Blarneypod.
1: So for me it's goodbye. And for me it's goodbye. Take care, everyone.